Well, hello and welcome to this English lesson where we're going to learn how to describe things, how to talk about things once again. This is part three. There are two other parts to this lesson that you can watch if you want to. This lesson in particular is all about verbs. I'm going to talk about verbs we use to basically talk about things to describe what things are doing. If you're a little bit confused, as soon as I get the lesson started, I think you'll understand what I'm talking about. So, once again, welcome to this English lesson where I'm going to teach you a whole bunch of vocabulary words, a whole bunch of verbs actually that you can use when you're talking about things that you can use when you're describing things. Hey, before we get started, just a few things. Hi to Dave and I think Todd's here too. If I scroll back, I think I saw Todd say hi. Dave and Todd, good to see both of you. Good to see Rod and Lolly and Freddie Wolf and Audie and Anuat and Lemon Cute and Eva Maria. Good to see so many familiar names. Hi to Judith. I wonder if Key Park is here. Yes, Key Park is here as well. Wanda is here and let me uh Let me just pause and stop saying hi to people before this turns into a hello and good morning lesson instead of a lesson about describing things. So, a few things before we get started. Remember, if you have a question, please use the form to ask it. Let me do a quick audio check here. Excellent. Everything looks like it's working well. Um again, yes, if you have a question, please use the form to ask it. Um if you ask questions in the chat, I don't usually see them and it's hard for me to answer them but do use the chat to have fun English conversations with each other. You can even ignore the topic. You can ignore the lesson and practice your English conversation skills by typing messages to each other. Uh so, I think that's everything. I think we should get this lesson started. So, the first verb that I want to teach you is the verb to glow. When something glows, it means that some light is coming out of it. The best example I could come up with is when you heat metal at a certain point when you heat different types of metal, it will get so hot that it starts to glow. So, the metal glows. Let's do past tense. Yesterday, the metal glowed. Tomorrow, the metal will glow or the tomorrow, the metal is going to glow. So, when something glows, it means it's putting out a little bit of light, usually kind of a dull light. I know that um when I look in the distance and I see um someone's Christmas lights at night, it kind of you can see them glow. You can see a little bit of a glow coming off of them. So, to glow means to uh to put out a little bit of light. Now, to gleam is a little bit different. Uh when something gleams like this tray gleams, okay? This tray is gleaming. When you look at this tray, when light hits the tray, especially on the edges, you can see that the tray gleams. So, when something gleams, it's usually shiny and it's reflecting a little bit of light. Sometimes, the river by my house can gleam as well. The sun hits the river. So, again, gleam is a verb used to describe a little bit of reflective light um or reflected light off of something uh that is somewhat reflective. Something shiny like a silver tray. So, this tray gleams. Yesterday, the tray gleamed. Tomorrow, the tray will gleam or tomorrow, the tray is going to gleam when the light hits it. To vibrate. So, this is something that I'm sure you're used to, something you're familiar with. When something vibrates, it means it moves back and forth really, really fast. 
The best example would be your phone. When you turn the volume down on your phone, your phone vibrates. So, instead of making a sound, it kind of goes If you have your phone in your pocket, you can feel it because the phone vibrates. Past tense, yesterday the phone vibrated. Tomorrow the phone is going to vibrate or tomorrow the phone will vibrate. But in the present tense, you would say the phone vibrates when someone calls me. So, to vibrate, to move back and forth really, really quickly. So fast that you can hardly see it actually. To flicker. The other day, the power went out here. Uh the other day uh on Saturday, um Saturday afternoon, uh all all of the sudden, the power went out. We had no electricity and so, we got out some flashlights but we also lit some candles. The flame of a candle will flicker. When something flickers, it means it gets you know, it gets brighter and then not as bright and it moves back and forth. Basically, to flicker is the best way to describe a candle. A candle flickers. Uh last Saturday, the candles flickered and if I was to light candles tomorrow, they will flicker or they are going to flicker. So, when something flickers, this is my my flickering hand motion (laughs) um but just picture a candle. A candle is probably the most common thing that you will see that flickers. To flap. So, when something flaps, it means it moves but it also makes a bit of a sound like a whap up whap up that's my my flapping sound. I guess I'm doing sound effects this morning too. A flag flaps in the wind. When it is windy, a flag flaps. Yesterday, the flag flapped. Tomorrow, the flag will flap. Tomorrow, the flag is going to flap but basically, to flap means to move back and forth but also, I think to make a little bit of a sound. When a bird flaps, you can hear them flap their wings as well. But to flap means to kind of move back and forth and make a little bit of a sound. To sway. So, I made a video yesterday for my other channel and if you look in the background, you can see the trees sway in the wind. Sometimes when it's windy, a tree will sway. Uh so, present tense, the tree sways. Past tense, the tree swayed. And future, we would say the trees, the tree will sway or the tree is going to uh flay. Flay. Sway. Sorry, not flay. That's a different verb entirely. The tree uh is going to uh sway. Uh so, basically, when something sways, it's usually something that is attached at one end and then either because of the wind or for some other reason, it moves back and forth like that. A tree in the wind is probably the best example. A tree in the wind will sway. It will sway back and forth. You can say it that way as well. To flash, hopefully this has never happened to you. If you drive over the speed limit, you might see a light flashing behind you. Uh the lights on police cars, the lights flash. Yesterday, the light, sorry, the lights flash. Yesterday, the lights flashed. Uh tomorrow the lights are going to flash or the lights will flash. Um when something flashes, it means it's off and then on. Off and on, off and on. So, when you see lights like this on a police car, they are bright and then they're off. They're bright and then they're off. They're on and off, on and off. Those lights flash. So, hopefully, you've never seen lights flashing behind you um, because it means you need to pull over. And it means that the police officer is going to ask you some questions about what you're doing. 
to blink. I think we've all seen this before. I know on my phone when I have a message, a little light blinks. Actually, that's not true. My last phone had that. My current phone, actually a little icon appears on the top but I did have a phone where the light would blink. Flash and blink are very similar. Um blink I think we use for smaller lights like on a phone or on a microwave or on a television. Uh you would say um the phone blinks or yesterday the phone blinked or tomorrow the phone will blink or the phone is going to blink but basically um when something blinks, it's similar to flash. It turns on and then it turns off again. By the way, a person can blink as well just so you know. But we're talking about verbs that you use to describe what things are doing. This is a heater. I know some of you maybe live in countries where you don't need to heat your house uh but in this part of the world, you do and there are a number of different kinds of heaters. One of the cool things about a heater is a heater radiates heat. That means that the inside of the heater is hot and that heat moves out of the uh of the heater. That heat moves out um and it goes from the center to the rest of the room. It radiates. A heater radiates heat. Yesterday, the heater radiated heat. Tomorrow, the heater will radiate heat. Tomorrow, the heater is going to radiate heat. Um so basically it's when we use it a lot with heat. Something can radiate light as well but probably the most common example would be a heater. A heater radiates heat. The heat moves from the center out to the rest of the room. Hey, we're gonna look at some questions for a minute. Let me just get something set up here. Um I didn't have my files open. I just wanna get my files open. So, I can see how far along I am. There we go. We're moving around along nicely. Um we're gonna look at some questions for a little bit. Let me get the first question. Uh, let's see here. From Yaroslav, morning, the wisest teacher, Bob. Tomorrow is my IELTS exam. So, I want to thank you for your pieces of advice and YouTube lessons. Thank you. You're you rock. No problem, Yaroslav. I hope everything goes really well and I trust that you will pass with flying colors. That means that you will do well. Next question from Renata. Hello, Bob. I hope you're doing well. I don't have any questions today about the topic you've chosen. I'm here to learn, sir. Thank you for the lesson. Have a great day. You too, Renata. Thank you very, very much. Farah has the next question. What are the differences between to prattle, to preach, to draw? Have a great day, Mr. Bob. When you prattle, it means you talk and go on and on. When you preach, you're trying to tell someone how to live. Like you're giving your opinion about what they should do. And to draw just means to talk kind of in a slow way. Um people from maybe the the western part of the United States speak with a bit of a drawl. I can't really intimidate one. Next question from Ty. Hello, teacher Bob. I don't have a question again. I'm just learning more words to describe from you. Keep up the good work. By the way, you're so close to one million subs. It's definitely coming. The YouTube channel grows every day. That's how you would describe a YouTube channel. My YouTube channel grows every day. Yesterday, it grew. Today, it grows. Tomorrow, it will grow. Tomorrow, it is going to grow. Yep, definitely just keeps going. Judith says, hi, Bob. Which reduplicative would you use to describe your favorite verb? 
have a drink. I have to admit, Judith, that I have to look up reduplicative because I don't actually know what it means. That contains two identical or very similar parts. Oh, I see. Oh, like the word mama. Um, I would say, um, yeah, it's not a verb. It's actually an adjective and it would be go-go. Like I was in a go-go mood the other day. Um, Jen was in a really go-go mood the other day which meant she was trying to get lots of things done very, very quickly. So, not a verb but uh, an adjective. Jen was in a go-go mood which means to work hard and fast. Uh, let's see here. From Ayan. Hi, Bob. Good morning. I was wondering how you pronounce hard words much more easier. So, There's two things that people need to know about pronouncing difficult words. By the way, I did just put out a lesson with tongue twisters which help you practice. One is repetition isn't just so that you learn the word and how to say it. Repetition is important because it's like a sport in some ways. You need to develop the muscles. Um you can't form certain sounds if the muscles of your mouth and tongue Uh, haven't had some training. So, it's important to do that uh, for sure. Um, Let me see here. From Katerina. Hello, dear teacher Bob. Do we describe verbs only with adverbs? Little fix there. I share with you my aptly wary pie. (laughs) I like the pie. A cake, a cake, a snowflake and a snowman. Very nice. Um yes, generally if you were to describe a verb Uh, you would use an adverb like he ran quickly. He ran slowly. Um by the way, most words that end in ly are adverbs. So, he climbed quickly. He climbed slowly. Um that would be how you would describe the action that is happening with the verb. Uh let's see here. Um I'm gonna try to focus on questions that are um part of the lesson. I know I've been off track a little bit. Uh this is from Azab. Hi, the best teacher. Sometimes during the class, a shadow passing the door behind you. What verb we should use to address the situation? Many things. We would just say that someone walks by on the other side of the door or someone goes by on the other side of the door. But yes, uh, the way you described it is accurate. A shadow passes across the door behind me. It's actually just Jen. She's uh when she comes home, she brings the kids to school on Friday morning. Uh when she comes home, she passes uh on the other side of the door. She walks by and you see a bit of a shadow. Hopefully, it's not too scary. Um let's see here. Ario. Hola, Mr. Bob. I'm a bit confused to ask a question so I checked Mr. Google. It helps. Verbs is about ed. Watch, watched, answer, answered. Am I right? So, many verbs when you add an ed, you are now talking about the past. You'll notice when I talked about the heater, the heater radiates heat. Yesterday, the heater radiated heat. Um if I look at some of my past ones, the candle flickers. Yesterday, the candle flickered. Um the tree sways. Yesterday, the tree swayed. So, it's very common and not it's not a perfect rule but it's very common that verbs in the past tense will uh will take an ed in order to form the past participle. Uh let's see here. Elon says, hello, Bob. Teacher, how many time how much time does it take to learn English? Um 
probably, I don't like to say a certain amount of time. You can't learn English in 30 days. It definitely takes more than a year. Let's let's put it in perspective. That's that's the range I would give you for how long does it take to learn English. Uh let me see here. Layla has a question. A little bit off topic but I'll answer these. Hi, dear teacher. Hi, teacher Bob. How are you doing today? I'm wondering which editing program do you use for your YouTube videos? I use Adobe Premiere. Here's a question on topic. Sayla says, hi, Bob. How to describe writing? So, if someone is a really good writer, you can see the sun. The sun is coming all the way from the kitchen window. Uh you can see my hands are gleaming a little bit. They're so bright. Um the sun is reflecting off of them. I'll try to keep my hands down. Um if someone writes well, you would say they write beautifully. If someone isn't a good writer, you would say they write badly. If we flip it uh to um a different way to describe it, you could say he has really good writing. He has beautiful writing or he has bad writing. His writing is bad. That would be how you would describe writing and then there's all different ways, right? Like beautiful writing, um logical writing, etc. Let's see here. I'm gonna just keep I'm gonna move along and not answer questions that aren't on topic. Sorry about that. I wanna make sure. Here we go. Henry from Taiwan. Hi, teacher Bob. In winter, I always see you make videos in the snow where the light colors deflect the light of the sun in the clips. Thank you for your lessons. Yes, it's interesting in the winter, the light comes from the sun but the light also reflects off the snow and so you get a very oh, I think we might see someone pass by the door behind me. Are you ready? Should we go to full camera mode? Let's see if it happens. We'll just wait here for a moment. Will someone walk by? I don't know. I hear a sound. I hear someone taking their shoes off. Oh, a shadow just passed in front of the door. So, that's how we would describe that. Sorry, I'm clicking all the wrong slides now. Uh let me do a couple more questions and we will get back to the lesson. So, about verbs from UAU, how to memorize verbs in English. You need to use them and if you can picture them or draw the action, if it's an action verb, that will really help you as well. So, if you put the verb to run and you draw a man running, uh that will really help you remember the verb to run, to jump or you can watch the video where I tried to do all the actions. That was an interesting and fun video to me. But hey, um let me get a little drink here and we will get back to the lesson. So, to snag, if you're familiar with barbed wire, uh we have barbed wire on our farm. When you climb over a barbed wire fence, the fence snags your pants sometimes. Yesterday, the fence snagged my pants. Tomorrow, it will snag my pants. Tomorrow, it is going to snag my pants. But when the fence snags your pants, it means it catches on the fabric and it can even make a little hole but it means like this. If I was to climb over a barbed wire fence and if it snagged my pants, it means to get hooked on the fence. It means that the fence has kind of um somehow gotten uh, a piece of it into your pants and is holding on to it. So, sometimes when I climb over a fence, it snags my pants or my shirt. 
to collapse. This tent, I'm not sure if you can see it, has a lot of snow on it. The tent collapses when it has lots of snow on it or a tent collapses when it has a lot of snow on it. Yesterday, the tent collapsed. Tomorrow, the tent will collapse or tomorrow, the tent is going to collapse but certainly, when you have a lot of snow on something, it eventually might collapse. So, the action I'm making with my hands is the act of collapsing. So, when something is a certain size and then when something pushes down on it, it will collapse. It's not nice uh to camp in the winter and to uh be sleeping soundly and then your tent collapses on you. Uh that would certainly be a little bit scary, I think. When you fill a pail or a cup uh or a bucket, eventually, if you don't turn the water off, the pail overflows. Yesterday, the pail overflowed. Tomorrow, it will overflow or tomorrow, it is going to overflow. When you put a lot of water in something, eventually it gets to the top and then it will overflow. So, eventually it fills up and then when it gets to the top, when the water starts to go over the sides, it overflows. So, we've had this problem in uh the flower area before where we are filling up a pail and we forget and then the pail overflows. A river, of course, just flows. A river flows through a city. Yesterday, the river flowed. Tomorrow, the river will flow. Tomorrow, the river is going to flow. When a river flows, it simply means that the water keeps moving from one part to another part and as the river flows, it usually gets bigger. You could also say a river flows through a city um or flows past the river I live on. I would say it flows past my farm but a river definitely flows. The movement of water um from one usually from a small stream to the very end of the river um the water flows um in that direction. Sometimes you buy a shirt and you wash the shirt and the shirt shrinks. Um last year, I bought a shirt and last year, I washed it and last year, it shrank. Notice a little bit of difference there. No ED in the past tense. Um if I wash my shirt tomorrow, it will shrink or it is going to shrink. Um when something shrinks, it's a certain size and then for some reason or another, it gets smaller, okay? So, all kinds of different things can shrink. For me, the best example would be the shirt. When you have a shirt and you wash it for the first time in hot water, sometimes the shirt uh will shrink. Not fun because when you try it on, it's the right size and then when you wash it, the shirt shrinks and then it's not the right size anymore. When you plant a tree, it is small uh but the tree grows, okay? Um now, notice the past tense. Yesterday, the tree grew. Tomorrow, the tree will grow. Tomorrow, the tree is going to grow uh but right now, the tree grows. Um when the sun shines on the tree, the tree grows. In the summer, when it has leaves, I don't think the tree grows in the winter. Uh if you watch some of my other outdoor videos, you'll notice that the trees do not have very many leaves on them. So, it would be difficult to describe them as uh growing right now. Um so, we have expand. Let me just check here on my sheet. I think I might have a word. Nope, I don't have a word twice. Uh when you have a balloon, if someone's having a party, when you blow air into the balloon, the balloon expands. Yesterday, I blew up some balloons. The balloons expanded. 
Tomorrow, I will blow up some balloons. The balloons will expand. The balloons are going to expand. When you have something that small and when you fill it with air or water or something else, we would say that it expands. The balloons expand when you put air in them. They go from being small to being really, really large. When you let the air out, the balloon will contract. A balloon contracts when you let the air out. Yesterday, the balloon contracted. Tomorrow, the balloon is going to contract. Tomorrow, the balloon will contract. When you let the air out of a balloon, it gets smaller. It contracts. Um and if you do it right, if you uh pinch it a certain way, it makes a really funny sound like That's a really bad sound effect again. Uh sorry for the bad sound effects today. But when you let the air out of a balloon, it contracts. When you burn certain things, they emit things. They put out different things into the air. The verb emit can be used for a lot of things. Um factories emit a lot of pollution. That means from their smokestacks, pollution comes out. Um you could also say that um yeah, you could say something emits radioactive waves. Uh you could say the sun emits UV light. So, when something puts out something. I guess that's the best way to describe it. When something emits something, it means it is um either through a chemical reaction or some other function of the material. Something else is um either coming out of smokestack or coming out as light. Hopefully, that made sense. I think that's my worst description so far. Yesterday, the smokestacks emitted um pollution. Today, the smokestack emits pollution. Tomorrow, the smokestack will emit pollution or the smokestack is going to emit pollution. By the way, um I should have said yesterday, the smokestack emitted pollution. To blow. Um when I do these live lessons, I actually turn the heat off in this room uh and I actually have a fan blowing on me. The fan blows air on me during the lesson. Last week, the fan blew air on me. Uh next week, when I do a lesson, the fan will blow air on me. The fan is going to blow air on me. Um but I use a fan and the fan blows air. The verb to blow means to move air from one place to another and a fan is probably the best example of something that blows. Um by the way, in English, you can also describe something that wasn't fun by saying it it blows. You know, it blows when you have to go to a concert um and you can't see the band but I know it's kind of informal. Stick with the formal definition which means uh to move air in one direction. To sit. So, interestingly enough, um the verb to sit like right now, I am sitting in a chair um But you could also use the verb to sit to describe something that's in a cupboard. When you come home from the grocery store, you put your food in the cupboard and then the food sits in the cupboard until you eat it, okay? Today, I have food and the food is sitting in the cupboard. Um let me let me try to get my example sentences out. The food sits in the cupboard. Yesterday, the food sat in the cupboard. Tomorrow, the food will sit in the cupboard. Tomorrow, the food is going to sit in the cupboard. Um Basically, the verb to sit just means to be in the same place and to not move. Um so, when you buy food, the food will sit in the cupboard until you eat the food. Kind of a funny way to describe it, isn't it? To hold. These are called clamps. I'm not a woodworker 
but a woodworker tends to use clamps quite often. Clamps will hold things together. These two pieces of wood in the picture um are being held together with the clamp. A clamp holds the wood together. Yesterday, the clamp held the wood together. Uh tomorrow, the clamp will hold the wood together. Tomorrow, the clamp is going to hold the wood together. So, here's a phrase uh, that we use to describe usually vehicles but almost anything and it's the phrase to make a funny noise. When my van makes a funny noise, I take it to the garage and I would say to my mechanic, my van is making a funny noise. So, let's put it uh let's give you three example sentences. My f- my van makes a funny noise. Yesterday, my van made a funny noise. Uh tomorrow my van is going to make a funny noise or tomorrow my van will make a funny noise. When your van makes a funny noise, it's important to have a mechanic look at it and fix it for you. And sometimes something will rattle. Usually, it's the muffler. Sometimes, the muffler rattles on my van. Yesterday, the muffler rattled. Tomorrow, the muffler is going to rattle. Tomorrow, the muffler will rattle. When something rattles, it means it shakes and also makes a noise. So, it would sound like this like It's the best example I could come up with. But it means that something is shaking back and forth. It's moving back and forth and it's also making a noise. When something rattles, you should on your vehicle, you should take it to a mechanic and you should definitely get it fixed. Sometimes a pail will overflow but sometimes it has a hole in it and it will leak. The pail leaks because it has a hole. Yesterday, the pail leaked because it had a hole. Tomorrow, the pail will leak because it has a hole. Tomorrow, the pail is going to leak because it has a hole. Uh when something has a hole in it, it leaks. When you fill up a pail with water and there's a few holes, maybe you don't see the holes, they leak. The other day, I was talking to someone on Zoom and my cup leaked. There was a small hole in my cup and when I looked over, I saw water sitting on my desk. We have one tap in our house that I have to fix over the Christmas break because the tap drips. When something drips, it means one small drop of water falls out of it every once in a while. Um the kitchen sink drips in our house. Yesterday, the kitchen sink dripped. Tomorrow, the kitchen sink will drip. Tomorrow, the kitchen sink is going to drip. Uh, and I think it's gonna keep happening until I fix it. So, when something drips, you hear a little sound like ding, ding, ding. That's the sound of what that's my sound effect for water falling. To pinch. Sometimes you by the way, to pinch, you can pinch a person. It's when you take their skin with your fingers and you do this. But you can also have articles of clothing that pinch. I bought a new pair of shoes a number of years ago and they pinched my feet. They were too small. So, that was the past tense. Um last year, I bought shoes and they pinched my feet. My shoes pinched my feet. Tomorrow, my shoes will pinch my feet. Tomorrow, my shoes are going to pinch my feet. But when something pinches you, um it means it squeezes you and it hurts just a little bit. Um when it's really, really warm outside and you take something cold out of the fridge, sometimes water will form on it. When the water starts to run down the side of the bottle, we would say that it's dribbling. Whenever something dribbles, it means a little bit 
of liquid is coming out of the bottom or is going down the side. So, when something dribbles, the best example is if you take something cold out of the fridge on a really hot humid day, water will form and it will dribble down the side of the bottle. Yesterday, my bottle dribbled. Today, my bottle dribbles. Tomorrow, it will dribble. Tomorrow, it is going to dribble. Hey, let's switch to members only mode for just a little bit. Let me get that change made on the back end here. If you're not sure what members only mode is, it is a time where everyone who is a member can ask a question directly in the chat. While I'm answering members only questions, I will uh continue to answer questions that people have submitted with the form. Let me get those back on the screen. But first of all, thank you to all of you who are members. There is a join button below that you can click which will explain exactly what being a member means. Let me just check something here. Excellent. Let me get to the next question. Mickey says, hi, Bob. I don't know if it is tricky for other English students as well but I do get confused sometimes with ing and to plus a verb. Do you have any advice for this? I think listening to English speakers a lot and doing a lot of reading starts to help you subconsciously learn when to use which. You know, I'm like if I say I'm going I'm going to look no, I'm going to watch TV tonight. I'm going to be watching TV tonight. Both sentences are correct and both mean the same thing. So, I understand why that's confusing. Let me give those examples again. I'm going to watch TV tonight. I'm going to be watching TV tonight. So, sometimes we just say things a certain way because we like how it sounds and that must make it tricky to learn. Um let me see here. Lemon cute. Hi, Bob. Have a great day. Can you explain to me the difference between ah and the? Sometimes I misuse these two words. So, ah is an article we use which is just a general term. So, you're not specifically talking about um one thing. So, if I say um sometimes there is a bird outside the window. It might not be the same bird all the time but if I say the bird outside the window is singing, I'm talking about one specific bird. Hopefully, that made sense. It can be quite tricky. Let me jump to the chat. What do we have here? We have Audie saying, hi, teacher Bob. How many times have you flashed light from the police car in case of your because of your driving? Uh three times. I've been wait. I've been pulled over twice. I think I've gotten a ticket once. Yes. Once I was told to slow down. So, um Lolly says, hello, Bob. Hi, Lolly. Julia says, hi, dear teacher. I am listening to the lesson. Definitely need to watch it again in the evening. A lot of new words and meanings. Your sound effects are gripping. <laughs> Thanks, Julia. Betty Lou says, hi, the cutest teacher, Bob. Did you sleep well last night? I didn't because of the mosquito. How often do you get bitten by them? So, I slept well. We do not have mosquitoes here at this time of year. In the summer, we usually keep our house closed and we have the air conditioner running because we don't like to have mosquitoes in the house. But in the summer, I get at least one mosquito bite a week, maybe 10 a week. Definitely. There's lots of mosquitoes. We put spray on though, right? Dasha says, hello, teacher Bob. Hi, Dasha. Good to see you. 
Maria C. Hello, Bob. I arrived late to the live stream today so I don't have questions but thanks for the super useful lesson as usual. No problem, Maria. Betty Lou. Hi, the cutest teacher, Bob. Do you use the verb purchase in daily life? Do you think it is unnatural to use this kind of formal word? Um, we use it but we usually use the word buy. Like last night, I bought some stuff off the internet. I bought some stuff online. Yesterday, I went to the store and I bought some groceries. I could easily say yesterday, I purchased some things online or yesterday, I purchased some groceries but it it does sound very formal. I think though, you might use it more often to talk about a car or a house like my friend purchased a house. Now, we would say bought. My 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 friend bought a house. My my friend bought a new car. Yeah, definitely bought is far more common. Keep Ark, the bottle of drink just taken out of the fridge will dribble. Yes, definitely. Water will dribble down the side. Julia, if Jen flickered the lamp behind the door next time, it will be more scary. <laughs> yeah, she should. I think though, the light might be from the sun coming in. I'm not sure. Naomi, hello, Bob. Dribble is a new word to me. Thanks a lot. No problem. Betty Lou, hi, the cutest teacher, Bob. Could you show the usage of blame? It's been a tricky verb for me to use. When you blame someone, it means that you uh say they did something. Like um so to use it, you would say, I blame um my sister. Let me see a good example here. My sister borrowed my car and now my car has no gas in it. I blame my sister. Basically, you're saying that she's the person that did that. Um Freddie Wolf. Hi, Bob. Good morning, Canada. Sorry, I don't have any questions for the moment. Greetings and all the best from France. Thanks, Freddie and I hope you have a great Christmas season. Thank you for the kind words, Betty Lou. Hi, the cutest teacher, Bob. Could you show the usage of blame? Oh, wait. That came up twice, didn't it? Yes. And then Rod. Hello, Mr. Bob. How often do you have to honk your car horn? (laughs) I guess not much. Have a great day. I actually honked my horn the other day, Rod. Uh someone uh was what was happening? Someone was trying to pass me. Not sure. I wasn't angry. I honked my horn to warn somebody. Um but yes, should we talk about past tense? Yesterday, I honked my horn. Uh um I honk my horn when someone does something bad and tomorrow, I will honk my horn. Uh let me find the form questions. Let's do a few of those as well. Uh let's see here. Winter Wright says, hi, Bob. I like watching your video. It's difficult for me to describe graphs. Yeah. So, you describe graphs by saying the graph goes up, the graph goes down. When you use a graph, you also say the graph compares two different things. So, definitely though, if if a graph goes like that, you say the graph's going up, the graph is flat or the graph is going down. Um Ophilosophomiki. Bob, if you weren't a native weren't native a native English speaker, what verb do you think you'd struggle most to learn? Um yeah, that'd be a that's a good question. I think the the verb to like is used I think I would struggle knowing when to use love or like, the difference between the two. Um because it's kind of depends on whether you're talking about people or things. Like I love pizza. That's okay to say. But if I said to a coworker, I love you, that would be inappropriate. So I think uh it's sometimes hard to know. I could say to a coworker, I love working with you. That's okay. But as soon as I say, if I say, I love you, it's weird because that's a romantic use of the verb. So, I think like and love are challenging. Um Naomi, 
Do you have some snowy days recently? No. It is abnormally warm here right now, Naomi. Very, very warm. Then Betty Lou says, oops. I think because she asked the same question twice. No problem. Um, let's see here. Um, Raphael. Hi, Bob. Hear your lessons every day while I'm doing the dishes and I repeat all the things that you talk about. Let's put a word in there. It helps me a lot. Thanks very much, Bob. People can collapse too. Yes, that's true. First of all, that's a cool way to use my lessons or to use any English lesson. When you're doing something, basically anytime you're doing something where you could listen to music, you could also listen to an English lesson. So, great use of time, Raphael. And yes, people can collapse too. When people are out of energy, if someone runs a marathon, a lot of times after they cross the finish line, they will collapse, okay? They'll get to the end of the race and they don't even have enough energy to walk and they collapse. Um let me see here. I feel like I know I started the questions late but I feel like I need to get back to the lesson. So, let's do that for a moment. Let me do a little check here. Let me check one thing. Strange things are happening on my computer. Oh no, things are working well. Um I'm going to have a little sip of water and I'm going to get back to the lesson. We're gonna finish this up. We talked about dribble. By the way, um let me just say a couple things. Thank you so much to all of you who are members. You do really help support this channel and support what I do. Um it's just awesome of you. So, thank you very much for uh that little bit of gratitude. It is awesome. To fade. Now, you can buy jeans that are already faded. You can buy faded jeans. It means they're not as dark as normal blue jeans. But also, when you buy blue jeans, over time, the jeans fade, okay? Um you could say yesterday I hung my jeans in the sun and the jeans faded. That would be past tense. Tomorrow I will hang my jeans outside in the sun and the jeans will fade. The jeans are going to fade. Um but definitely jeans fade over time. So, you buy them in their dark blue and if you wear them for a couple of years, the blue is less dark every few weeks. Every time you wash it, the jeans fade a little bit more. To make a racket. So, uh what did I what was the last one? To make to make a funny noise. To make a racket is similar. When your car, let's say your muffler fell off and it was dragging along the ground. That would be you would say um my car makes a racket when I drive. Yesterday, my car made a racket when I drove around. Tomorrow, my car will make a racket. Tomorrow, my car is going to make a racket. If your muffler falls off, and it's laying on the ground. When you drive your car, your car will make a racket. This is a very common English phrase uh to describe something that's making a lot of noise when it's not supposed to. Sometimes it's really windy here. The power went out last week because it was very windy and power lines were knocked down. Um but also uh things can tip over. We have a bridge close to us and sometimes when it's windy, a truck will tip over. A truck tips over when it's windy. Yesterday, a truck tipped over. Next week, a truck will tip over or a truck is going to tip over. So, this is a phrasal verb that means to go from being upright to being on your side when something tips over. When you knock a glass, the glass will tip over sometimes and then the water will spill out. 
to eject. We do not do this very often anymore but a long time ago we would put a tape in a VCR and when you pushed a button the VCR would eject the tape. The VCR ejects the tape when you push the eject button. Yesterday, the VCR ejected the tape. Tomorrow, the VCR will eject the tape. Tomorrow, the VCR is going to eject the tape. When you put a DVD or a tape or a CD in a machine, when you push the eject button, the machine ejects that item. It goes from being inside the machine to being outside. Sometimes, I go to the vending machine and normally, I pay with my phone. Sometimes, I pay with a credit card or a debit card but sometimes, I have actual money and when I put the money in, sometimes, the machine rejects the money. I'll put in a five dollar bill and it will take the bill in and then it will reject it. It kind of ejects it too but reject means to put it back out. Sometimes, I put in a loonie or a one dollar coin And instead of going in the machine, it goes through and comes out the bottom because the machine rejects it. Yesterday, the vending machine rejected my money. Um right now, (laughs) um I don't actually use vending machines much. Uh but the machine rejects my money. Tomorrow, it will reject my money. Tomorrow, it is going to reject my money. I probably shouldn't eat things from the vending machine anyways. It's probably a bad idea. To light. So, interestingly enough, a light can light something, okay? So, when you have a light, the light lights the room. Sounds kind of funny. I'm using it as a noun and then as a verb Um, but you can also say this. The sun lights the room. Yesterday, the sun lit the room. Tomorrow, the sun is going to light the room. Tomorrow, the sun will light the room Um, but a light or something that emits light can light something else. Sounds kind of funny to use both at the same time. And when you close the room, the curtains darken the room. So, when I close the curtains, the curtains darken the room. Yesterday, the curtains darkened the room. Tomorrow, they will darken the room. Tomorrow, they are going to darken the room. Um when something darkens an area, it makes it less well lit. If I turn off my light, it will darken the room. When I turn my light on, it will light the room. So, to light means to make brighter or to have more light and to darken means to make darker. To obscure. I think many people have a shower curtain or the door to their shower is made out of glass that you can't see through because when you're in the shower, you don't you don't have any clothes on. So, the glass obscures your view. So, you can't see through the glass because the glass obscures your view. Yesterday, it obscured my view. Tomorrow, it will obscure my view. Tomorrow, it is going to obscure my view. When something obscures your view, it means that you can't see through it. Um and that's usually a good thing in bathrooms. There are places where you can record music called music studios and they often have things on the wall to dampen the sound. When you dampen something, when you dampen sound, it means you make the sound less loud, okay? In a music studio, they put up sound dampening panels. The panels dampen the sound. Yesterday, they dampened the sound. Tomorrow, they will dampen the sound. Tomorrow, they are going to dampen the sound but panels, they if you're outside the room and if the sound has sound dampening panels, the panels will dampen the sound and you won't hear the music very much. It will be much quieter. I think I should put up sound panels um 
in my studio because there's a little bit of an echo and I think I need to dampen the sound a little bit. The opposite is to amplify. This man has a a megaphone. When he speaks, the megaphone will amplify the sound. Speaking into a megaphone amplifies the sound. Yesterday, the megaphone amplified my sound. Tomorrow, it will amplify my sound. Tomorrow, it is going to amplify my sound. When something amplifies sound, it takes it from a certain volume and makes it much louder. When you speak into a megaphone, it makes your voice louder. It amplifies your voice so that more people can hear you. And I don't know if you've ever had a magnifying glass but a magnifying glass will magnify what you're looking at. The same way a megaphone amplifies sound, a magnifying glass magnifies what you're looking at. Yesterday, it magnified what I was reading. Tomorrow, it will magnify. Tomorrow, it is going to magnify. Um a magnifying glass will make things bigger so that you can read them. Um sometimes when you get old, it's hard to see things and it's nice to have a little magnifying glass so that you can make things bigger when you read them. Um when a smoke alarm goes off, it alerts you. It lets you know that something is happening, usually a fire. When something alerts you of something, it makes you aware of it. A smoke alarm alerts you to fire. Yesterday, the smoke alarm alerted us to a fire. Tomorrow, it will alert us. Tomorrow, it is going to alert us. Those are your past and futures. Um but definitely, if you have a fire in your house, you want to have a smoke alarm so that it will alert you that there is a problem. Um this switch will activate a fire alarm. When something activates something else, it means that it makes it happen or it turns it on. Um we have these switches at school and every few years, a student will pull the fire alarm switch and the switch will activate the uh the fire alarm in the school and then we all go outside and the fire department comes. So, um a switch activates an alarm. Yesterday, the switch activated an alarm. Tomorrow, it will activate. Tomorrow, it is going to activate an alarm. Um a lot of buildings have surveillance cameras and surveillance cameras record what people are doing. Um they kind of are like a uh an electronic eye that can see what people are doing and it will record what they're doing. And then later, you can play back what the camera recorded. So, on this screen here, if I make it bigger, you can see that there are four different cameras that are recording and this person can play back what those cameras have recorded. So, the person who is observing what's happening can play back what they see. So, yesterday, um the camera recorded the thieves. Tomorrow, it will record the thieves. Tomorrow, it is going to record the thieves. Um yesterday, we played back what was recorded. Notice it's a weird verb, right? The the way it's conjugated in the past. Yesterday, we played back what was recorded. Tomorrow, we will play back or tomorrow, we are going to play back. At the grocery store, they have a little device called a scanner and the verb we use to describe what a scanner does is to scan. A scanner scans your QR code. Um in Ontario, Canada, if you're vaccinated, you have a QR code on your phone 
and they will use a scanner. The scanner will scan the QR code. Um yesterday, the scanner scanned the QR code. Tomorrow, it will scan. Tomorrow, it is going to scan. But a scanner is a device that we use to scan things. Hey, I'm gonna wrap up by answering a few questions. Let me get the questions up on the screen. Let me see how many are left. I don't think too many and we'll try to answer all of them and then wrap up this lesson. Um Hafia says, hi, Bob, sir. Hope you are doing well. Which one of these sentences is correct? He already went there. He went there already. We would use both. Oh, he already went there. Oh, he went there already. They're both correct. They're both used equally. Um absolutely, right? Um he already went there. He went there already. Yep. I'm trying to think if there's a third version but there isn't. Uh let me see here. Next question. Hussein says, hi, Bob, the best. How to describe today's world with each and every day a new form of COVID? Um I would describe it as there's there's something new every day or the news changes by the minute or that would probably be the best one. The news changes by the minute. Um and then every day I find out about something else. Um I think school sports might not be allowed after today. I don't know. I have to find out later but definitely um things change by the minute or the news changes every minute. Um or see, talking about future, we can use will or is going to. Is there any difference in meaning between these ways of talking about the future? Technically, yes. Technically, going to is supposed to be, I think, something that's happening soon and will is a little more formal for something happening later but honestly, native English speakers just use them. Yep. Um are you gonna get groceries? Yeah, I will get groceries later today. I'll get groceries later today or I'm going to get groceries later today. We often use the contracted form. I'll do it later. I'm going to do it later. So, we make contractions out of it but I will do it later. I am going to do it later. Both very common. Both equally used uh, informally. Hobart says, hello, teacher Bob. I like to watch your show. What's the difference between buy and purchase? Thank you. They are the same. Um buy is the common verb that we use. 95% of the time and purchase is a little more formal. You'll hear it once in a while um but not that often really. Um Eris. Hi, Bob. I comprehend these words are actually synonyms. Nonetheless, is there some kind of distinction between them? To enhance and to amplify, to aggravate and to exacerbate. So, aggravate is more common than exacerbate. So, exacerbate is like rarely used in normal conversation but they would mean very much the same thing. Um when you enhance something, you make it better. When you amplify something, you usually make it louder or you change it to be bigger in some way but it doesn't actually have to be good. Enhance definitely means you're making something better than what it is. Amplify, I mean, you can have something bad and you can amplify the situation and it gets worse. So, They are slightly different. I would definitely go and look up the definitions of both. Uh hey, thank you so much for watching. If you if you sense that I'm in a rush today, I am in a bit of a rush. I got a lot of stuff to do today. It is a Friday here of course. It's not the weekend yet uh so I do need to get going. So, I might have rushed the lesson a bit but hopefully that's okay with you. Thanks for watching. Do remember this. 
as mentioned earlier, I think Raphael mentioned it that they listen to the lesson again or they listen to the lesson while doing dishes. People have told me that the shorter version of the lesson that I put out later. So, what I do is I shorten the lesson. I take out the viewer questions and I make it a pure lesson about the topic uh and it's usually about 25 to 30 minutes long. People have said they listen to it while they're doing dishes or they watch it again on the subway or they'll have it playing in the background while they clean their house. Do take the time to listen to this a second time. Whenever you're learning a language, it's just a good idea to do something more than once. It really helps you to remember. In this lesson, I tried to give examples of the present, the past, and the future so that you could use these verbs to describe things in a in three different tenses. Uh so hopefully that's helpful. But anyways, I'm going to go uh look for this lesson again in a couple days. Live tomorrow at 11 a.m. Definitely going live tomorrow. Uh, and I will answer all of your questions to the best of my abilities. Uh, gonna say bye to a few people and then I'm gonna roll. Uh, bye to Eugene from Etobicoke. Bye to Dave and Todd. Thanks for helping out. Bye to Lolly Lolly and Rod, the English teacher. Uh, Natalia. By the way, Rod has a secret but you won't find out what it is till next week, I think. Rod has a little secret. There, not gonna say anything. It's It's cool. I'll say that. That's all I'll say. Um, Lolly Lolly, Julia Olise, bye to Tony, bye to Freddie, uh, bye to Adi and Naomi, uh, bye to Eva Maria, and I think I'm repeating names, bye to Dulio and Maria C and Adi again. I think that it's time just to say a goodbye to everybody. Have a great weekend. I'll see some of you tomorrow at the live question and answer lesson. Uh, and uh, do have a good weekend, all of you, whether you come or not. I hope you have a nice one. Uh, bye. I should wave, shouldn't I? Hi, Bob the Canadian here. Thank you for listening to this English podcast lesson. If you would like to support me in the work that I do as an online English teacher, please visit patreon.com slash bobthecanadian.